0: A counselor, a coach, and a spiritual director walk into a bar. What comes next is either the greatest punchline of all time or a conversational cocktail that could change your life forever. Jake, Liz, and John are offering you a unique three-way perspective on common mental, emotional, and spiritual struggles. Only you know which perspective you need the most. So grab your favorite beverage, listen in, and decide... Who You're Going to Call.
1: Hello and welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. He gave me like a send-off here. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Who You're Going to Call. I am your primary host this evening, Elizabeth Signs, and I'm joined by Jacob Konkalex and John Malloy. And uh, how's everybody doing?
2: <laughs> Great.
1: Everybody, everybody get over there? Good, good. Doing do all right. Doing all right. <laughs> It's the beginning of a new year, we're greeting 2024 with a podcast, it's the first week of the new year, so I figure we're right around the time where people are starting to realize that they made the wrong resolutions or don't like the ones they made or, (laughs) you know, wish they were already at their destination. Um, So we're going to talk about that a little bit, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions and our perspectives on them as a counselor, a coach and a spiritual director. But first, uh, does anybody have anything fun fun that they're drinking in our virtual pub this evening?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went for a Manhattan tonight, so I have a Manhattan in front of me.
1: Explain a Manhattan to me. I actually don't know what that is.
0: Really? You don't know Manhattan? I don't. That's fascinating. There's someone that we know in common that actually taught me how to make Manhattan.
1: Really? Was it my brother-in-law? It was
0: <laughs> not the one present My here. My other
1: brother-in-law. Other brother-in-law. I have, brother-in-law. I have many. Yeah, yeah. I have this many is brother-in-laws. true. <laughs>
0: this is true. But it is it is bourbon and vermouth and bitters and oh. uh, cherry stirred oh. with ice.
1: Well, that sounds lovely.
0: It is. It's very lovely. I was in the. I was in the mood for
2: something slightly elegant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. What about you, Jacob?
2: Um, I'm straight up coffee black. Um, I. Um, and I'm taking a hiatus a on, on alcohol <laughs> and uh, any sweet drinks. So coffee, my black oh. coffee is my friend. I'm okay with that though. I'm
1: calling you out. Is this an Exodus 90 thing?
2: <laughs> I was ask, I was thinking the yep. same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So how are and the cold showers? Know what oh, yeah.
1: Your resolution is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> indeed, indeed.
1: I'm always glad I'm not a man when I see the cold showers part of that.
2: Nope. <laughs> yep. There Thank is you, a women's Laura, version. For making now. me a
1: girl. There is, I saw that. I saw Fiat 90. Is it? Yeah, something like I, that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Huh. Yeah. What well, are you
1: drinking? I looked those. into that briefly. I am drinking um, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's supposed to be uh, in, it was made in bourbon barrels. So oh, I guess huh. that makes it fancy. I think it's stronger. The it's other a little stronger, probably. Yeah, because it made me very sleepy last night. So was, How is yeah. that stronger? <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> because, it, because when they use the bourbon barrels, it uh, takes out some of the leftover bourbon that's in the wood casks. And so Ooh. that can up the percentage just a little bit as it ages. So a couple percent more. And also can gives it more of the, I don't know, bourbon vanilla flavors. Yes, and,
1: that's definitely there. Like when I first tasted it, I was like, this is different. And my husband explained mm-hmm. it to me and- So, you just just give me my my, my, my my, my, hot
2: chocolate, you know? Get on this (laughs) bourbon stuff.
0: He's like, describe it in detail, every (laughs) single tasting
2: note. How does that make you feel?
1: Oh, man. Delightful. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so diving into our topic a little bit. Uh, Yeah, I was just, I. I was telling the boys before the show started, I had gotten a lot of emails as I'm sure most of us did and just Instagram ads and all the things as the new year began. It started December 26th and man, I was not ready for it. It was like, We had, we were still cleaning up wrapping paper off the floor and getting over midnight mass. And all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, the new year, here's how to crush 2024. And I was like, I don't want to crush 2024. I want to sit in my pajamas next to the Christmas tree and read Chesterton. That is what I want to do on December 26th. (laughs) And then as I'm reading all these emails and seeing all these ads, it was all about getting your physical health into like primo condition. It was all working out and eating right. And here's, yeah, just how to have the best, healthiest year. But it wasn't as a, as a mindset coach, I was reading it thinking, well, that's great, but you know, there's more to health than your physical body. And a lot of the time, the health of your physical body starts with your interior life. It starts with feeling hopeful, being excited um, having control of your thoughts and healing from trauma and having a good relationship with the Lord, like so much of your health stems from your interior life and goes outward. Mm-hmm. And everyone is trying to patch up the outside and sort of not paying attention to the inside. So I kind of wanted to bring that up tonight and see if you guys have seen that yourselves. And um, I don't know, just some of our thoughts about maybe tweaking New Year's resolutions a little bit and seeing if you can um, get to that beach body through a back door you haven't explored yet.
0: <laughs> like Exodus 90. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, like Exodus 90. I mean, it's a really good... Actually, it was a really good uh, topic starter there. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I'll, I'll, so since that is brought up... So I guess... So just for anyone out there who doesn't know what Exodus 90 it's, um it's a Catholic program designed for men, um, where it's set up or structured around particular disciplines, um, um, and uh, it's kind of it correlates to um, asceticism, prayer. Um, I didn't do my homework, um, like the fasting, the the prayer, um, and the alms giving, right? So um, acts of charity and stuff like that. So all that to say, like there's you know, daily readings you have to do. There's particular disciplines that you have to do. It is vigorous, though. Um, so, like, cold showers, um, Wednesdays and Fridays, you know, can't eat, in, eat between meals, um, can't have any meat, you know, fasting from TV, fasting from um, uh, computers, you know, like, digital stuff, you know, social. Like, it really does cut out a lot. Um I started last year I was invited actually by uh, my father-in-law um, It was him and two of my brother-in-laws <laughs> So I was like, okay, cool Like another way to get to know my uh, my in-laws in that way um, And I found to be very, very, very fruitful um, I drink, you know, sugar uh, I have coffee with my sugar Straight up
1: sugar, you just drink straight yeah. up sugar
2: it, it was Sugar, sugar with my coffee it was, Yeah <laughs> It was, a, it was, you know, teeth coming out type, story, type stuff, you know. Uh, disclaimer, I do have all my teeth. I'm just an analogy. <laughs> just analogy. Um, where now I, I love black coffee and I, every time I drink it, I'm like, I'm a cowboy. So it does have that effect on me. All that to say, um, it was a great positive experience last year. And so I decided to do that this year. The kicker is, is that when, you know, when I work with clients for New Year, so it's interesting because um, I made it a point this year to when I meet with my new, with my clients at the beginning of the year, Um, so like this week, next week, and the week after, um, it's going to be a lot of like goal setting, you know, typically I like to see the transition of, you know, we worked all the way till Christmas break, we have a break, now we're coming back, let's reset ourselves. So there is value in setting goals. I'm not the biggest fan of the language New Year's resolution. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it has a bad connotation to it. Um, and when people say it, there's almost like a jest that, oh, I'm making it knowing that I'm going to fail. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, however <laughs> you want to, you know, <laughs> however you want to articulate it, I think there's value in being able to reset and articulate and specify your goals. Um, what I do with new clients, most of my new clients, um, I give homework. <laughs> um, and one of the first homework is to identify a vision for themselves. Um, whether it's through, you know, people who like to draw the paint, you know, draw a paint, an image of yourself becoming who you want to be um, or write that out. Um, so there is importance, to start off the year with identifying who do you want to become. Um, And you specify that. So you have to be specific. Any goals that are not specific um, is doomed to fail. It's doomed to fail. Mm -hmm. Um, So if they're not, if they're not, um, there's an acronym for it, but if they're not specific um, and they're not measurable, you know, so I'm going to- Smart goals. That's right. Right, right, right. Um, (laughs) What's that
1: stand for? Come on, boys! John. You brought it up. You guys. I know, John. You, you went for it. Um,
0: <laughs> so smart, specific, and measurable. Motivating, uh, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Yep. Oh, I love
1: that.
2: So, so when you correlate your goals in in that structure, um, you're setting yourself up for better success. I mm-hmm. do agree, and I appreciate Liz you mentioning that. Like, it starts from the inside out. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I definitely would recommend to anyone, you know, that if you're going to make a resolution or a choice to better yourself, that you structure it from different components, right? Spiritual, physical, you know, emotional, mental, um, mm-hmm. to hit all, the whole person, you know, the whole personhood mm-hmm. of someone. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate for goals. You have to. You have to. You have to have, have a direction. If you don't have a direction, you're not going to go anywhere, and life is not meaningful <laughs> if you don't have a direction. <laughs> the kicker is, is <clears throat> a lot of times what I see is reasons, at least with my clients who, you know, who decide, like, yeah, I'm going to do this and this and that. Um, that they fail is a because they're not specific, but two, they overshoot the goals. Um, mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. when I work with m- young men Something I found to be very um, discouraging Is that they have good goals And maybe even specific goals But they overshoot And Meaning um, I'm going to work out for five days a week No you're not
3: mm.
2: If you're going from <laughs> not working out to working out You're not going to work out five days a week Mm-hmm. So, what you do is you set yourself a, an attainable goal, maybe one that does challenge you, but attainable, mm-hmm. and you do that consistently. Once it's consistent, mm-hmm. then you up it, but only mm-hmm. when it's consistent. Um, so it
1: reminds I, me of uh, James Clear in Atomic Habits when he talks about if you want to be a person who exercises, put on your sneakers and tie them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the first step. Because yeah. once you have your sneakers on, you're more likely to then go for a run or a walk or yeah. something. And mm-hmm. so it's just and that, that gets that,
0: that that gets to that attainability. Like what is attainable? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and right getting, now what's attainable
1: know. is I can put on my shoes.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And you need to do so that, and that's the beauty of X. So X is a specific mm-hmm. program, right? Um, but part of that, you know, you have this hard disciplines um, and the challenges, but you got a brotherhood. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's another component that I think people forget about when they set goals for the new year um, is that they are doing it alone.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I
2: think there's there's significant importance of not to have a some level of community in it um, to hold each other accountable and to encourage mm-hmm. each other um, to keep moving. Um, I think it's it is a ninety day. I think it's 90 days to break a habit. You know, so it's like, oh, I want to, you know, break a particular habit. You know, or I want to work on, you know, self-mastering over some appetites. It's like, if you're going to, you got to be specific. You have to be smart about it, right? Smart goals. But you have to commit to a, a certain period of time. And that is around 90 mm-hmm. days. You know, so, mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere. You have to make it attainable, but you have to commit. And, so, and mm-hmm. again, that's, that's kind of the last thing I notice anyways with working with clients is if you do not have your why, you're not gonna, you're, you're not gonna be motivated. Um, again, when mm-hmm. I work with clients, a lot of times when we start treatment, it's okay, what are your, what, what's the vision? What are the pitfalls or the obstacles that are preventing you from that vision? Why do you want to change? Um, you get those three things together, you, you got something
1: yeah no i love that i love the why i've heard the phrase multiple times the why that makes you cry and uh, i really like that phrase because it's like it's got to be such a powerful why that just thinking of it makes you emotional like mm. i want yeah. this so bad and yeah. um and i like that because it's it's helped me see cert with for, for myself with certain goals why i'm not motivated because my why mm-hmm. isn't important uh, enough like You know, I'm not going to be one of those people who buys a dress that's a little too small and then that dress is going to inspire me to work out. It's not. I'm going to try the dress on. It's going to make me feel bad about myself and I'm going to reach for cookies.
0: (laughs) It does the exact opposite. That will make me
1: cry in a totally different way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, But that's kind of the power of those arbitrary goals when we haven't actually spent some time to, Mm -hmm. to think about what we actually, or who we actually want to be.
3: Mm-hmm. So
0: like buying the thing that's just too small. So you feel like you want to fit into it. That mm-hmm. hasn't worked for how many, you know, years for any of us. Right. We just have a closet filled with clothes that don't fit us, which then drives us to-
1: Make you feel worse. Make and you, you feel worse
0: off. and mm-hmm. yeah, and spiral
3: out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it does lead back to that interior disposition where to some extent, in order to succeed in a goal, I would say two things. One is you have to love yourself already Mm -hmm. and believe that you're worthy of the goal. Mm -hmm. And the second one I would say is also it's a know thyself situation where you have to know the phrasing that motivates you. Because for me goal, Mm -hmm. I hate the word goal and I hate the word resolution. (laughs) They sound so heavy. Like they sound like big, like high stakes, scary things, but you replace that with dream or adventure or anything hmm. that just feels a little bit more sparkly and I'm more interested. <laughs> um, or even just like turn it into something that has more of a story behind it. So one of the, I'm horrible at working out, I don't like it. But one of the things that I saw interest uh, recently that interested me and that motivated me was, I saw a, so cheesy, but I saw a walk through Middle Earth challenge. Oh, where, I saw, I saw, saw this. It? It was so- fun. They were like, put together a fellowship of your friends and then follow Frodo's journey to Mount Doom and destroy the one ring. And I was like, yeah, oh, I would do that. I would be yeah. together with eight friends and be like, we are going to destroy the one ring. Yeah. Like,
0: and you got patches yes. and there were, it was, it was phenomenal. It was epic. It was brilliant. And then I,
1: I saw the faith version of that where it was traveling with Christ through mm. Jerusalem and Nazareth and like all of his journeys. So there was just this like fun little, like someone took these stories that we know that we're very familiar with. We Know the path, we can picture the map in our heads and said, Hey, here's a way to lose weight, here's a way to get in shape. And it's like, okay, that's sparkly and imaginative. And it's not like those dumb Peloton commercials. <laughs> I don't want to be those people, they are intense and scary. <laughs> so, but again, I think it, it, it boils back into your interior life and your interior disposition. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons most of us don't reach our goals and most of us don't, you know, succeed in our resolutions is because of the way we talk to ourselves as we're going towards them. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm I I fail at this every year. This I've had the hmm. same goal for five years and I never reach it. Like, I know I'm going to fail by February. Well, yeah, you're bullying yourself. You're saying horrible, hmm. mean things. And no one's going to work for somebody who says horrible, mean things to them. Hmm. Like, and you that, listen. that's to your almost
0: brain. reinforced, it seems like, by all of the. New Year's resolutions language, so yes. it's not just your interior bullying. It's like everyone going, "Well, you know, you're a bully to yourself." So let's just pile on that and make that yes. New Year's resolution that much bigger and heavier. Yes, um, Liz, that's I want
2: to. I want to question that. I'm, I'm, I was kind of struck by what you said there. Worthy of your goal to be to see yourself as worthy of your goal. I wonder mm-hmm. if you can unpack that a little bit, um, because that, that's really intriguing.
1: Okay. Let's, let's do it from, I'm going to go from the girl perspective. Let's do it for a woman who is trying to lose weight. As a mom, when you're told that you need to bounce back from having a baby, for instance, Mm. let's go, let's go the postpartum route. What you're told is your body post baby is not worthy and it's not beautiful. Mm. And bouncing back means you were more worthy before you had a baby. But your body's Mm. never going to look like that again because your body is stretched out and it's changed and things like just things (laughs) have shifted and it's never going to look like that again. You're never going to be that girl again and your current body isn't acceptable by society standards, and your need to heal isn't acceptable either. Any other major, it's so weird. It's so weird because we treat birth like a medical emergency until you've given birth, and then we want you to bounce back. But anybody else who's had a medical emergency is given time to just rest, to just be in bed, to just relax. So we have this weird thing where we treat it like a medical emergency until you give birth, and then we treat it like it's normal. I would prefer the opposite. I would like to be treated normal while I'm pregnant and then be treated like it's okay to rest afterwards. <laughs> but on top of that, the, the fact is, is that after you've had a baby, you have this other person who's hundred percent dependent on you for quite a few months and to take time to yourself to exercise to eat right, to spend money on the kind of food, because let's just face it, healthy food tends to be more expensive than junk mm-hmm. food. So uh-huh. you have to spend extra money on the healthy food. So this specific diet to lose weight and you have to give yourself time to actually exercise. All of that feels very selfish. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been given this baby that you've poured out your whole life for and suddenly the world is telling you, take time for yourself and make sure you spend money on this. And you're like, I can't, like my family needs this and right. I need to be 100% present to them and I need to serve. So if you do take the time, you feel bad about it, if you spend the money, you feel bad about it, especially God forbid, you don't eat the healthy food because you don't have time to prepare it. Mm -hmm. And so you eat the junk food and then the salad goes bad and like, I just wasted all that money.
3: Mm.
1: So you end up feeling just unworthy all around. I'm not beautiful. I'm not desirable. And I'm selfish to want to spend this time and this money on getting back to -hmm. the way I'm supposed to be to be acceptable another spiral. It's a spiral. It's all just this, it's this perfect storm in your brain of all versions of your unworthiness. And the more unworthy you feel, the more likely you are to reach for brownies (laughs) because you just want to feel good about something for a minute. And that feels good in your body for five minutes. And then of course you'll beat yourself up about that later because you shouldn't have eaten all those brownies. Right. So
2: Well, here's, then here's my question for both of you then, because what I'm hearing you say, Liz, in this context of believing that you have worth to attain, right—that you're worthy of your goals—that if I'm already January first and I see myself as a piece of crap, a piece of garbage, mm-hmm. and yet I still want to set goals, how how do you work with someone who doesn't even have that belief to begin with, to then not to then even be able to set up a successful follow through with the dating de- 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 goals and i'm and i'm speaking See, that to to I've, you liz but then like as on the spiritual component too, john it's like how do you no, work with someone I, who doesn't and that believe was in gonna that be,
1: i was gonna 100 percent point at john because i think that's where you turn to the lord and you mm-hmm. find your worthiness in god first
0: yeah so as we've been as we've been talking i've been mulling over a couple things one is um that first question about you know the the goals where they come from or even just like establishing them and i've wondered over the past couple of weeks how often we choose goals resolutions whatever you have out of this place of um uh, of lack mm. our mentality of lack our mentality of unworthiness our, our mentality yes. of of um I, I just do all this stuff but you know i want to be better so let me go to the complete opposite extreme
1: yeah it's the extreme that, that premise is i would be better if uh-huh so you're you're starting from lack i mean it's so yeah. true
0: yeah and oh. how do we get there well on the spiritual side we have this this voice telling us you are not worthy you are you are a piece of crap you don't hold goals you don't live up to your standards you just reach for this you cope with food alcohol uh, sex whatever the thing is we feel the effects of that, which is this desolation, either on the non-spiritual realm, like, well, I feel a little bit pudgier or um, my bank account's a little bit emptier or whatever the thing is. Which
1: all happens after Christmas for everybody. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> and some of that is pressured. And if you know about that, you can go back or you want to know more about that, go back to the episode on Advent when we talked about preparation.
3: Yes.
0: Um, so then we're in this state of desolation, either spiritual desolation relating to our closeness with God, or non-spiritual desolation where it's just human life. And then we make big changes based on that desolation and in the midst of that desolation, which is then more reactionary to the pit we've, we find ourselves in than actual reality. It's emotionally based. It's just, you know, uh, I feel, I feel so horrible about, you know, eating brownies all the time. You know what? I'm never going to have a brownie. And my news resolution is I'm going to, you know, do the, the Complete no sugar.
1: Revolution.
0: Yeah. I'm going to do the whole 30, no sugar, no fun, no anything diet for the next, <laughs> you know what? And I'm not just going to do it for 30 days. I'm going to do it for 90 days. Now I'm not knocking Exodus 90. I've done it two <laughs> times and it was wonderful. <laughs> But when we enter into those resolutions out of lack and out of a knee-jerk reaction to um, to that lack that we've experienced, that's not actual. Um, I don't think it's really healthy goal setting or spiritual growth. It's just a knee-jerk reaction, yeah. and then you get caught in the cycle again. Oh man, I didn't. I didn't make it. It's only January third. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I. Um, yeah. I'm noticing me getting really excited because i think that that's mm-hmm. a, i think you guys hit on something really really powerful because i think the tendency the proclivity to say i'm failing i'm worthless and so therefore for me to attain worth i have to change um, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's interesting because it's like is that change even good for you you know that type mm-hmm. of change it's like is really going on a diet better for you rather than talking to a spiritual director a coach or a counselor <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like maybe do that first. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah. It's taking that me, moment, because my my reflection, and you know, as you guys were talking about this, was like you know light bulb. Because I remember when I last year X is ninety was, I think it was really some somewhat of that. I'm lacking. I'm I'm not being a good man, and I gotta be a better father. I got I got to be better. Mm-hmm. In the context yeah. of, I'll be. I'll have worth when, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. time around. And I think the group that I'm in, we all shared this, that we chose to do Exodus ninety again, because there was a fruitfulness mm-hmm. that we experienced, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. we wanted that fruitfulness again. That we actually were coming from a place of gain, from a place of like, look what we gained, we want more of it. Let's keep going. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah. And as you guys were saying that, and like, I, can speak oh, for your, the- I can speak for your, I
1: can speak for your. Father in law, that he loves this group. (laughs) He's talked about it,
0: (laughs) but that's such a a healthier place to go into it. I see who I want to be. I've seen steps towards that. I want more of that, Mm. Um, and that's that on the spiritual side. That's what we want more of. I want to be a saint. And when some one of your questions, Jacob, was you know how do you handle or how do you deal with someone who's you know. ground zero or even negative. Recall when you didn't feel this way. When did God, for for the spiritual direction side, when did God reveal that this was not the truth? Mm. So if you feel like you are unworthy, when did you feel closest to God? Reminding them of the truth that you are worthy. God is close to you. Okay. Yes. Now hold on to that truth. Mm. Okay. Now let's just Sit in that for a bit. We're not making any changes. Rule five. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And, and then when you're back into more of a constellation, okay, now we're seeing clearly. Now we can make an actual goal in some sense.
1: I love that. I love that because it's, it goes back to what you said during the Advent podcast about asking God what he wanted you to do mm-hmm. to prepare for Advent. Like, what does God want your resolution to be? Because I think that's the other thing. January 1st isn't the last possible chance to make a resolution. We've got Mondays. (laughs) We've got noon after lunch. Like, whenever you want to start, you can just start. And I think that was something that happened for me this year was I glanced at Fiat 90 for women because um, some girls that I knew were talking about it. And I I briefly looked into it, and I had already made a decision for my spiritual life for the new year. And I looked at it and I was like, maybe I should do this. And I just felt Mm. so clearly, no, like you Mm -hmm. already know what you need to work on. You need to set this aside. This will confuse you. It'll distract you Mm -hmm. because I really want to build my relationship with our lady this year. And I had a plan mapped out out for how to do it. And this wasn't it. Fiat 90 wasn't it. Ironically, Mm -hmm. because Fiat is her thing, but like it wasn't (laughs) how I was supposed to do this. And, you know, in all humility to be able to say to the group, no, like, it's hard to say yeah. no to that group. You know, it's like, we all went to Franciscan, right? When people were like, you going to noon mass and you're like, no, I'm going to lunch and then I'm going to study. Like, <laughs> you always felt a little crummy, like, right. oh, everyone yeah. else is going to mass and I'm not. But if you were, if you were in integrity and you were like, no, I know I need to study and my first vocation right now is student mm-hmm. and God wants me with my books, not in mass right now, like mm-hmm. you had to in integrity sort of embarrass yourself in front of your friends and not give in to the peer pressure of mass because it was time to study. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that same thing of sitting with the Lord and being like, what do you want my 2024 to look like? And a hundred percent, he's not going to give you the step-by-step playbook, but he will tell you, Hey, for now, I want you to be on this path. And and we may pivot three months from now. And that's okay.
0: And I love how you said, in this moment, it's not, okay, well, here's what 2024 is going to look yeah. like. No, no, no. It might just be for this week. Yeah. And God says, for this week, you are just going to focus on five minutes of prayer or 20 minutes of prayer. And yeah. next week, it'll be something different.
1: The Abraham like, and this. Isaac thing still happens. Like, yeah. I want you to take Isaac. Okay, now I don't actually want you to sacrifice him. I just wanted to know that you were willing.
3: Like, yeah. I
1: needed to know that you were present, that you were listening. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we're, now we're going to pivot because now we can do something else. Now have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a ram. Here's a ram. ram. A push.
2: <laughs> bon appetit. <laughs> you know, it's 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 kind of neat. You know, it's interesting because because again, something that I'm keep coming back to is this idea that, like, I I really do think outside from wanting to better ourse- better ourselves and becoming that version of ourselves, we do start from a place of lacking. Like, I don't believe in myself, so let me do something. Which is interesting because there's a paradox reality that like, you actually have to <laughs> believe in yourself to actually achieve yeah. the goal. <laughs> right. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. Um, but the kicker is, is like, I think for, for many of us, when we look at ourselves like, crap, Yeah, you know what, you're right. I'm, I'm doing this because I'm lacking, so I guess I won't do anything. Like, I, I almost have to mm-hmm. believe in myself first before to do the behavior. And that's kind of the unique thing, too, though, is, and, and I'm sharing this from my experience in counseling, is that I tell my clients, like, look, you don't have to have to believe in yourself first. Mm-hmm. You have to just simply start with the behavior. If that's the avenue of change you want to take. Yeah, some people who are gun ho like, I believe in myself, let's do this, and we're working from a place of gain. But if, if you find mm-hmm. yourself, those who are listening now, where I am seeing myself as worthless and I have no motivation, I want to change. But if I have to believe myself first to change and I don't have that belief, then it's hopeless. It's not. Mm -hmm. And it's neat because scientifically anyways, um, there's a particular modality that, you know, I adopt into my practice. is called acceptance and commitment therapy. And one of the principles that it talks about that you can actively behave towards a value without having to believe the value first. And I think yeah, a lot of times, yeah. too, belief actually comes maybe a little bit afterwards when you see the results. Mm-hmm. The scientific method is to test a theory or hypothesis and to evaluate the results to see whether it sus- uh, is sustainable. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like, if I don't believe in myself, yeah, I want to make positive changes in my life. And yes, I need to believe that I have worth in that um, or I have skin in the game. But I can't, I, don't, that's, I can't start there. I'm below zero, right? I'm ground zero. Start doing a behavior and notice the impact and use, mm-hmm. the, use yeah. that impact as the evidence for that belief that maybe I am worth doing this you know Mm -hmm. Um, i love resistance i tell my clients all the time i love not in the sense of like fighting back a fight for the sake of the fight but like to in a humanistic way saying this is hard and i i'm struggling with this belief it's like good because that's gonna that that moves your heart to wrestle with it to contemplate it to reflect on it and when you do those particular activities or behavior, you're going to follow through with, you're going to follow through. Um, so it really is interesting where like, yeah, you got to see that you are worth that goal. But if you don't even believe in that, you can still actually achieve those goals and then still achieve that belief by simply doing the behavior first, by simply doing the virtue first um, mm-hmm. and seeing the results afterwards. Um mm-hmm. And I commend I like those who ever chose to do that because that honestly I would I would say um it takes more courage. You know, like again, I'm doing XS 90 twice, you know, the second time around and like, yeah, this is great, but I think it's more courageous for guys who are like, I'm terrified, I don't believe I'm worth doing this, this is gonna suck, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah. So it's like I hats off to you. Um, because that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. courageous. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: What what comes to mind as you were talking about the, the behaviors, even if you don't necessarily believe it quite yet, um, is that's a lot of our, our Catholic faith, is that <laughs> as kids, or as, as kids from Catholic homes, all three of us at least, we're instructed in here's how you do the Catholic life. Mm-hmm. And even like the ideal of the RCIA is this, you're in this apprenticeship of life. Here's how we are Catholic. We live out the, the the aspects of Christ's life throughout the year. We do these actions and yes, there's obligation to it, but the hope and the desire is that we move beyond obligation into full participation through our whole life. We actually believe those things that we with our bodies are saying. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the danger is if we never move beyond that, it just becomes this habit, this mindless habit that we do. Um, So that caught my attention.
2: So John, how do you, how do you make that transition? Like how in your directories do you help them make that switch?
0: So some of that is is getting into um, someone coming to mind right now who does a lot of the external stuff. And there's not a lot of articulation of an interior why or a conversational thing. So for me, it's trying to very gently pick at that or get them to articulate it. Um okay so you're doing you know five rosaries great tell me tell me what that experience is like mm. why do you do that you 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 feel closer to god what comes to mind when you are praying these you know 150 to 200 hail marys mm. um wow but it's a, it's that digging for me it's that digging into the reason behind it and then allowing that um that struggle mm.
3: to articulate
0: the why because i think often we don't have the opportunity to articulate why we're doing these things. Even the most devoted of us Catholics, if we don't have an opportunity to say why or what our experience is of it, it doesn't become quite Mm -hmm. solid. Um, It just, well, because I'm Catholic. Mm -hmm. Great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. How does this, I don't know. Explain more, say more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I
1: think that's so interesting because it feels like it goes back to the worth thing because I think for myself um, as a, as a very staunch rule following Catholic, uh, a lot of the time it's just like, I'm checking boxes
2: because Mm -hmm. this is what it
1: means to have a relationship with God. But then I lose the relationship in the midst Mm -hmm. of the boxes. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I went to mass, I do adoration. I you know, I, I'm doing this prayer routine and like, I'm journaling about this. Like, I'm really, I'm pursuing my relationship with God the way I'm supposed to. And like, if Mm -hmm. I attached, if I attacked my relationship with my husband, the way I do with my relationship with God, we would not have a good marriage. Like Mm -hmm. I, I want to spend time with my husband because it feels natural because it's fun because Mm -hmm. there's a, there's just this lovely understanding and safety between us. And it's, it's just such a, profitable relationship for both of us we both just it feels indulgent to spend time mm. with my husband mm-hmm. it feels like an obligation to spend time with God
3: mm-hmm. mm. you yeah. know
1: and it should feel indulged. well should is a, is a dangerous word because that gives an obligation <laughs> yeah Right, right, exactly. Because I say that all the time with my, nice. my coaching clients. Uh, stop shutting on yourself. Uh, but, you know, to, to be able to enter that relationship with God in the same way, to just feel like almost the release of being on a date when I go into adoration. Like, mm. we have, yeah. like, each other's attention and we can just chat, you know, like— yep it, it, that's what I want it to feel like. But so often it feels like, well, I don't have time for that level of vulnerability because I'm trying to check all these boxes. Mm -hmm. And if I don't check the boxes, I can't have a relationship, but I can't have a relationship because I'm too busy checking boxes.
3: (laughs) So
0: then in, in spiritual direction, if if for, for me, I would hear that and start digging a little bit. Okay. So what if you don't do that?
3: Mm. You know,
0: what, what does that mean for your relationship with God? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we start starting to talk about what is your image of God? What does your relationship look like? Like, yeah, you think it's all hunky dory and wonderful, but you're doing these check boxes and you feel like you're a slave to that,
2: mm-hmm. or like what is that? Talk more about that mm-hmm. um, yeah. I um, as you guys are sharing those two two examples i as a counselor, I'm like getting fired up right now because you guys are both really artic- tell us more <laughs> <laughs> you guys are articulating. <laughs> this reality of experience of challenging and pushing up against that obligation. Challenging your preset notions of what you should be doing. Because what happens is there's a struggle. And let me tell you something. If you, any of us, who think that setting up goals... Whether we believe in ourselves at the beginning or believe in ourselves at the end, that it's going to be hunky dory and easy, I call bull BS on that.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
2: and I'll be honest with you all, I think, I think it's learning to value and appreciate and embrace lovingly, lovingly embrace the struggle. And let me tell you okay. something. It is it is a miraculous sight to be. At this this space, this chasm of taking a leap of faith, taking the choice. Do I go outside or do I do I go into the bathtub and take a shower, a cold shower? Like and that the split seconds <laughs> before that, the the split seconds of total abandonment. Um, giving another example, I, I can't tell you, oh my gosh, how many times the the miraculous seconds and moments where I challenge my clients to go farther beyond that they could imagine for change, um, mm-hmm. you know one would be you know doing this exercise of like okay I need you to validate and I usually do like um do I have your permission to push you you know challenge you a little bit it's like okay yeah <laughs> I said, I'm going to invite like you I'm going to invite you to stand up I said what do you need to validate that emotion right there it's like I, I need to um, you know uh, 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 i need to hit a hit a pillow it's like well great I have a pillow and I want you to go ahead and do that and the like almost like a shock on their face it's like what we're not just talking about stuff we're actually gonna like do something in in, in therapy and like, the resistance to go beyond that and say so, okay i, I got to be vulnerable and I have to do this behavior to mm-hmm. change another another you know example would be you know many times you know, clients don't look up, and a lot of shame kind of comes through the door. And I'll challenge them. I say, "Look, I'm, I'm noticing you're, you're looking down. Do you mind looking up? Do you mm. mind looking mm-hmm. at me?" Mm. And yeah. the moments where you can just see the struggle that the, the and I'm talking like life and death struggle. You know, that's the mm. severity and the depth. I think that these clients experience this. They all experience it, really, of that being seen in that way, those seconds are like not looking, not looking, not looking, looking.
3: Mm. And
2: how uh-huh. that changes the reality mm-hmm. and changes the perception, beliefs about how they change their life. And so mm. when we talk about setting our goals and when you talk about, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to work out for, you know, you know, once or twice a week that to set something on paper, but the fall through behaviorally is gonna be a completely different, battleground. And it's gonna be mm-hmm. those seconds, it's gonna be those minutes, it's gonna be those moments mm-hmm. of intense struggle that I do believe is what builds one to be kicked, character- is what makes one a saint. It's the struggle. Mm-hmm. And so yep. when you encounter these struggles and you encounter the failures, okay? A saint is just a sinner who gets, keeps getting back up again, right? Mm-hmm. When you encounter the failures, Love that process because that's where it's truly made. That's where change really, truly actually happen. You don't build muscle overnight. It's through the uh-huh. breakdown of your muscle, right? When you exercise and when you lift weights, it's the breakdown. It's a tearing of the muscles that it rebuilds. It's the struggle in that, that builds strength. Not the fact that you set it on paper and you're like, oh, look at me. I'm setting goals. It's like, no, I went in, I sweat, I cried, I struggled but Mm -hmm. I followed through and that has made me all the better.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. I think one of the things that popped into my head as you were talking was a lot of the time we see people achieving these goals that we want to achieve, but we don't think about the difference between us and them. Mm -hmm. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that I try to remind myself, for instance, about personal trainers is that they like working out. (laughs) That's why they're personal (laughs) trainers. That's a great point. They have have an unfair advantage over me, quote unquote, right? Like they're starting ahead because they enjoy this. So when Mm -hmm. I show up, even if it's just for a brief walk or a short Pilates workout, I'm showing more courage than they are because they like this. And I don't. And it's hard for me. So I think that's the other thing, too, is celebrating your little wins. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about that the same way with, you know, gentle parenting. There are people who are just soft-spoken, lovely, sweet people. And gentle parenting comes naturally to them. Mm -hmm. I am from a family of yellers. Like, you know, (laughs) we're we're a loud people. I don't do soft-spoken. So for me to speak softly... You know, I may be speaking kindly, but I'm still loud. So for me to speak softly is a challenge, you know, and I think that's one of the things that we forget when we set resolutions is we're picking challenges for our personality. Mm. Mm -hmm. And if we're following somebody on social media or listening to somebody through emails or whatever, who is doing this and is rocking it, it might be worth it to consider that maybe they always did. Maybe this is a a gift that they have, Mm. you know, people compliment Mm -hmm. me on how well I'm able to quote literature and i always say well yeah cuz i like to read i'm not like right it's not really a, a it's a it's a gift i guess but it's not it's not hard for me i'm not working at it i'm not trying yeah. really hard to be well read i just like to read it's yeah. natural yeah. for me so it's huh. like i almost don't deserve praise the same way somebody does who's really worked hard to be well read and doesn't like to read you yeah. know yeah
0: yeah and as you were talking about just that that natural uh, natural talents for whatever it is, whether it's for working out or whatever it is, those idols that we have. Mm-hmm. Idols? Yeah, we'll go yeah. with idols. Yeah. Um, when we measure ourselves against them, we're measuring ourselves against their natural talent or their acquired skill over years and years and lots yes. of practice. Yes. So we're seeing this great product of, yes, they have you know the full tone or they can recite Hamlet you know, by heart, <laughs> but we don't. We're not judging ourselves by the struggle they took to get there.
3: Yeah, right.
0: we're just measuring ourselves by the end product exactly. that we see in front of our, yeah. in front of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, which,
2: which, so we have to kind of, I guess, have a different mindset for that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Which is interesting. I appreciate that, John. And I, and, I, and I'm, I'm gonna try to, because I think there's the virtue of the middle. Of the middle as so you like, okay, you, you want to do something that's more inclined to your personality type. But you also want to push yourself outside those boundaries because you're really not going to grow as a kind of like a well-rounded, mm-hmm. sure. mature kind of person. Because my, my… I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm more inclined to go to a, a coach, spiritual director, um, or a counselor, or let's say a, 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 a workout trainer, personal trainer, who who doesn't like the process… The values, mm. the meaning. And what I mean by that, and, and, I, and I say this in a sense like, okay, I love counseling. Okay? I love it for the meaning's sake. Do I enjoy sitting down with clients who are processing their trauma? Do I enjoy trauma stories? Hell no. I don't. <laughs> right? As much as they're sharing that and the pain that they experience, I'm feeling that with them. So it's not like, ooh, this is, feels good. It's the meaning of the struggle. Is the meaning of that healing and change. You know, one of my goals, and I I say this intentionally knowing that, I don't know what the likelihood of this actually happening. But when you, you know, when we take hot showers, and I'm going, going back to this because cold showers are so, like, so physically
3: <laughs> We all sensory. feel that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it so wins. intense. <laughs>
2: yep. So when you take a hot shower, what do we do? We sit in it. Because we're taking it and we're appreciating it. I want my, one of my goals and actions, particularly is I want to get to a place where I can sit in a cold shower and appreciate it the same way. Uh, not wow. because I like it, not because this feels good, but because I find a significant meaning in it that I'm willing hmm. to suffer and struggle. And so oh, I think, yeah. again, to our listeners, when in the context of like, Building a goal That yeah You want a goal That stretches you And challenges you And I would say It has to be attainable But has to make you struggle
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. and, and in a way yeah. If you don't like it Good Because who yeah. likes Who likes the process of growth We, like, And John I think you made a great observation We compare our, ourselves To the end result We can't We, we have to challenge ourselves Not to mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those goals have to be, whether it's for spiritual, mental, um, or, or emotional. I think part of that attainable is it's not, we're saying, oh, well, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And then like inside there's this automatic chuckle because that's completely outside (laughs) of the realm, but it also needs to be something that stretches us just a little bit.
3: Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, It's attainable. Yes, I can make it, but it's going to require me to go a little bit further. Like you said, than I'm already comfortable doing.
2: Mm-hmm. It, but isn't that love? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the, yeah. these goals? Kind of like a, yeah. a, a, an, an access point to how we're supposed to love, that we're supposed mm-hmm. to call ourselves out of ourselves, mm-hmm. a comfort
0: zones? It's the life of, of sainthood. The saints mm-hmm. were people that strove for virtue, which is that habitual, um, habitual good. And how do you get habitually good at something? You practice, practice until you no longer have to think about it. It is just a part of your being.
1: Oh my gosh. I remember when my spiritual director explained to me that virtue gets easier. Mm. It blew my mind. I was Mm. like, no, virtue is just hard. Because I was trying to explain (laughs) to him that our kids had recently been sick. This was like a couple of years ago. Our kids had been sick. And I just didn't even think about staying up all night and holding them and just mm-hmm. being with them through it. And I said, yeah. well, Father, that's not a virtue. That's I wanted to do that. And he said, that's virtue at its best. You mm, want yep. to do it and you enjoy it. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I thought virtue was always hard. I didn't realize you could get to a point where you could enjoy yeah. virtue. Yep. And I think that that's something mm. that we don't, you know, pay attention enough to, even in the early stages. I was thinking about this today, where, you know, sort of what you were just saying, Jake, about, you know, you want to get to a point where you enjoy cold showers, where you can really sit in it, like not because you enjoy it, but because you're like just (laughs) being in the moment. Right. And I was thinking about that with coaching because a lot of the time I get these really kind of heartbreaking struggles of marriage and some of them are really heavy and some of them are, you know, more every day, but they're still hard and, and my empathy goes out and I'm hurting for these women. But I love when I get that first, like, email about a discovery call Mm. because what I see is a woman who thinks that her marriage is worth working for. So she's telling me all the hard stuff about it, but she showed up, she reached out and she wants to work on it with this guy that Mm -hmm. drives her insane. She Mm -hmm. wants to work to make it better and to love him better. And it blows my mind every time because I'm like, whoa, like you feel like you're at the worst. And all I'm seeing is that you love him so much that you're going to put yourself in this really uncomfortable position and talk to a stranger. You don't like, you don't know me. And you're going to be like reaching out and asking for help in this really vulnerable area of your life. It's just so powerful. And so I think that's one of the things about making new year's resolutions is recognize the intense beauty of the fact that you saw that you had a need and that you went so far as to make a plan mm. to deal with that need—that's
3: mm. like, that's beautiful,
1: powerful. Like that was super vulnerable and humble of you mm. to like look at your life and say, "Hey, I'm here. I really want to be here, and this is the process I'm going to try to take to get to it." Mm. It's just very vulnerable and really impressive.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. So, what are some? I'm curious, like for all three of us, what are some like practical tips of. Tips of creating goals or goals that might be worthwhile trying out Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. so what comes to my mind
0: um, is identifying a virtue that you Mm. want to emulate but want to live out be known for Um, so Mm. maybe it's humility maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, temperance maybe what choose a virtue And then get real specific. Well, what does that look like for me? Mm. Um, And then what are some steps towards that? Mm -hmm. So if I want to be a more humble person, well, what does that look like for me? Well, it means that, you know, obviously if that's the thing on my mind, that means something has, there's a lack, I guess, that I've identified that I want to counter. Mm -hmm. What does that look like in real life? Mm -hmm. How specific is it? Okay, what are the measurable goals or measurable steps maybe that I can take towards doing that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I laughing it off? Is it, is it too, way too far out there? Or is it just stretching me a little bit?
3: Yeah.
0: And then about how long do I want to be with this, God willing? And then bringing that before the Lord. Lord, is this the virtue you want you want for me
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, at this point in time?
2: You know, and, and then after weeks worth of struggling to answer those questions, you call up John. And you get yourself a spirit director. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And don't go it alone. We all need the accountability.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true. I love that. Yeah. I think for me, um, one of the things I was thinking of was your language is important. And taking you, you into accountability. One of my favorite things that I love about something, my, my coach says this, is if your goal makes you feel numb, it's not the right goal.
3: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. If, if you
1: feel detached from it and it feels impossible, then it's not the right goal. Your goal should hurt because you hmm. know it's possible, but it's going to make you uncomfortable. So if you have a goal in mind, it should just feel kind of a little icky. Like, ooh, I'm not going to like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, so maybe it's like saying, like John said earlier, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. You know, you're not going to do that. And you just feel (laughs) numb about it. And you're just kind of chuckling. Sort of like, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. It's like, no, I'm not. But, you know, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. Er, Like. I could probably do that and it sounds hard and I don't want to, you know, just having that type of goal. And again, using language that fits your personality. So if the word goal uh or resolution or achieve or any of those things sound heavy, like they do for me, um, change to dream, change to ideal, change to something that sounds pretty. One of my favorites is um, Jen Fulweiler talks about when she puts together her vision board, she focused on vision, not strategy. So Mm -hmm. the vision Uh is... I'm going to lose 15 pounds. The strategy is going to change until I lose 15 pounds. So if this diet doesn't work, I'm going to try this workout routine. If this workout routine doesn't work, I'm going to try this accountability group. And you keep switching until you reach the goal. So it doesn't matter how many times your strategy changes as long as you keep an eye on that vision. And I love the (sighs) word vision because it sounds beautiful and open and sort of that panoramic view instead of focusing on this like i am only going to create this reality this specific way and if this doesn't work i quit like it's just that's just setting yourself up for failure yeah Yeah.
2: i love that it kind of keeps it makes me think liz asking like what what's the story you want to 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 live, right? Like what what what's your story? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think we mm-hmm. all relate to those stories. I mean, we're already talking about Lord of Rings. So we relate to that journey. <laughs> you know, yes. guess what? You are your hero in your story. And if we yeah. relate to heroes who fall and fail and who learn to struggle and appreciate the struggle and overcome, and then therefore succeed, if you relate to that, guess what? You get to be that hero. You know? Mm-hmm. 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 To choose and to choose to live in that in that that story, you know become that hero, yeah. um yeah, so so I like that, Liz, I appreciate that, I think for me, so it's interesting because I do tend to kind of look at it from a place of um and I think we talked about this like the first or second episode about counseling in particular at least how I perceive it um is like how to how do we take away obstacles um so it's mm-hmm. more like a hmm. – Switch like when take takes another way to replace it with something else rather than just uh keep do, do a b and c. It's don't do c d and e. A b c d. I'm not do cd and eabcdi am not you get the point. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> the alphabet is hard, gosh darn it.
2: Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll blame my 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 the fact that I have a newborn, not the fact that I can't. <laughs> um, so, so what I mean by that is this. Practically, and, and again, this is what I do with my clients, is um, identify right in your journal. If you don't have one, get one. Um, because a heart of a saint is one who reflects, and who knows thyself. And you can only do that if you contemplate and pray with a journal. Um, that's my own two cents mm. about it. But get yourself a journal. Yeah. And then in that journal, identify the prompt or answer the prompt. Who, who do I want to become? Okay, mm-hmm. and I think correlating to like virtues, characteristics that you want to to live up to, you mm-hmm. specify that vision. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. use your own language, use your own style. Okay, if you're an artist who likes to create poems or like to draw or paint, do an image that reflects that vision.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: second thing I'm I'm going to tell you to do is on the next page of your journal, you draw a brick wall. Okay on that in each brick you're going to identify behaviors, emotions, mm-hmm. past events, um, and beliefs and thoughts that prevent you from achieving that vision. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the third step is whether it's with a spiritual director, counselor, or coach, or whether it's through your personal prayer, you identify practical, you take one brick, just one brick, commit to one brick for the first Six months. Uh-huh. Take one brick. Identify smart goals mm. to alleviate and take away that obstacle. I love that. You know, typically what I've seen happen is that when you take one brick away, you're going to take a few others with it, and you can get to mm-hmm. that vision a lot quicker. Um, so don't think that you have to start tackling all at once. Pick one brick. Walk from there.
1: Yeah. We talk about that as a a Jenga tower, you know, just like if you loosen one belief that you have about yourself, Mm -hmm. you'll weaken the whole belief tower and you just keep doing that until you bring it down. And I like that too, Jake, because it gives the idea that like, you have time, you have Hmm. time, like this goal that you're setting for this year, if even if you accomplish it three years from now, it's okay. You can take your time and accomplish it you know, give yourself deadlines because it helps motivate things. But, but also to recognize that if you don't accomplish it by the end of 2024, it doesn't mean you didn't make progress and it doesn't mean you can't accomplish it in 2025. You know? Right. So I like that concept of, you know, take six months on one brick. That's okay. You know, mm-hmm. because then you'll be one brick less and that's progress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do want to ask John, I have kind of a bonus question and I know we need we need to wrap up, but I just heard this and I'm I'm throwing you under the bus a little here cuz I want you to explain it to me. <laughs> I just heard recently through um Ignatian discernment that sometimes you make a decision and then experience desolation. So you kind of experience that it wasn't the right decision after you've made it. So oh. A explain that to me. And B (laughs) if that's the case, what would you say to people who sort of maybe made a resolution and are already regretting it? Like this was a terrible resolution Mm. and I'm going to fail. So how would you help them pivot?
0: So I'll do the second part. Um, if you made the resolution, you made it in a time of consolation. You felt the presence of God. You were, you were sure that this was it. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly desolation hits. Um, now is not the time to change. Don't change in the midst of that feeling icky and whatever about it. Okay. Now is the time to double down because the reason yeah. that desolation may be present may be because you are weak. <laughs> the devil, the devil does not want this to happen further. Um, God is allowing it for your own strength. Um, and so now is not the time to be changing anything, oh,
3: so good. but
0: rather to double down, to turn to prayer, to really, um, go into those habits, those obligation parts. Yes, I committed to doing this, you know, 20 minutes of prayer as an example. I'm going to do those 20 minutes of prayer. Even if it's, you know, painfully slow and it feels like three hours until for that last minute. And even Ignatius would, Ignatius would suggest, go an extra minute just to show the devil Whoa. that God is boss. <laughs> so instead of 20 minutes, it's 21. <laughs> Cause you're then actively fighting against the desolation if it is true spiritual
1: desolation.
0: Yeah, love that. Um, and then when you're out of desolation, okay, then reevaluate, you know, what happened here? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it reminds me of, um, I, I had a coach one time who talked about spiritual warfare and how, if she was trying to do something good and it started to go downhill real fast the way she phrased it to the devil was oh you showed your hand too fast now I'm in all the way
0: <laughs> that's awesome
2: Yeah. I
1: really liked that like oh sorry now I know that you're against this I'm gonna try even yeah. harder yeah, what, yeah. Um,
2: what a message of hope I really appreciate you guys ending with that Um, because honestly I think when you set yourself up for goals hmm. you have to accept discouragement and failure I, I don't hmm. think I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can actually succeed in a goal without first accepting failure first, without mm-hmm. accepting the struggle and the the discouragement. Because you will get discouraged, you will fail, and if you have a if you have a an unhealthy relationship with failure, that is, I avoid it at all cost, or when I do it, when I fail, um, or when I get discouraged, that indicates something. On me, something's wrong with me. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: To change that and say, no, I embrace failure. I embrace and accept that I am human and broken and I will be discouraged. But knowing that there's hope, knowing that I just got to keep going through, right? Keep going. What's the song? Uh, If you're going going through hell, just keep going, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because there is an end to that. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a a, a peace in that. Um, mm-hmm. so really it is once you accept that, you're limitless. Mm-hmm. Right? Anything can be accomplished because you know that it's gonna take hard work, it's gonna take you getting back up over and over again mm-hmm. to attain that goal. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. I mean it even boils down to just define failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. because because messing up once. And letting that keep you down is failure. Mm-hmm. Messing up and restrategizing is not failure. Yep. You're still yeah. winning. Yeah.
2: It's uh, it's um, Tom Thomas Edison, the guy who made the light bulb. Thomas Edison. Yep. Um, yeah. You got. He it. he said it's. It, he said uh, it wasn't that he failed two thousand times. It's just that mm-hmm. he found two thousand ways not to make a light bulb. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you were
0: asking, and actually earlier in the episode too, what came to mind was um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, holy cow. <laughs> I went on a, did a savage race. Are you familiar with these obstacle races? Like um,
3: no, Spartan races. Or... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spartan races, so it's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah. So it's an obstacle course okay. over so many miles. So this one was seven miles with like 24 obstacles.
3: Okay.
0: Um, and I remember getting ready for it, training for it. And I think runners have this too. There is a slump somewhere in the middle where you mentally are faced with this, like, I can't do it. Um, And physically, like everything, you know, leases out from you. So in the Savage Race, I remember hitting that, I forget, I think it was like mile five, mile six out of seven miles. And that's when you start playing games in your head. Well, maybe if I just, maybe if I just give up at this point, Mm. but you have to push forward. I can do this. And that just goes to to Liz, your your part. Like you have to have good um good words for yourself. I am gonna finish this. I can do this. I am gonna finish through. Mm-hmm. I think I can. Yep. Uh, and just yeah. okay, just this next step or just to that stop sign or just whatever it is. And then keeping your eyes on the prize at the very end.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Which is so why that's you need what comes to mind. And and accountability. accountability. And accountability, accountability. yeah.
1: Because that's, you know, what you're making me think of, and this is like a totally different, but birth, uh, Mm -hmm. because I remember my midwife telling me, every woman says I can't do it right before the baby Mm. is born. Mm. And I knew that intellectually, and I have done it every single time, but I know intellectually that when a woman says, I can't do it, she's about to give birth. Uh And I remember one time being able to hear a woman give birth in the room next to me in the hospital. And she was so unhappy. And my husband and I, I'm in the middle of labor, but (laughs) we're listening to her and we're praying for her because I heard her say, I can't do it. And she sounded so despairing. And Albert and I smiled at each other and I said, she's about to give birth. And like a moment (laughs) later, we Uh, hear the baby cry. And we were both like, yeah, it's like we're celebrating for this woman that we don't even know. 30 minutes later, it's my turn. And I look at my husband fully convinced and say, I can't do this. And he said, yes, you can. And then I gave birth. And I think about that moment sometimes because it's like, I needed him to believe in me. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in me anymore. I was a hundred percent like, for sure, I'm getting a C-section. This baby's never coming. And like- (laughs) You know, yep. and then the baby comes, and you need that other voice outside of you, whether it's yep. God or friends or family What's or spiritual
3: director, or coach, co-worker, or counselor
1: somebody else outside of you saying, I see what you can't see. And what I see is you're this close. You are so close to achieving this goal. And I believe in you even if you can't.
3: Yep,
0: absolutely. It's sort of that
1: line from uh, the Count of Monte Cristo when um, he says, I don't believe in God. And the old man says, it doesn't matter. He believes in you. (laughs) You know, like it's that moment.
2: Well, and that's the kicker. And it's interesting because one of the things that I remember as counselors in training was like this idea, like what if our clients don't have hope? so you give hope mm-hmm. you give some mm-hmm. of your hope to them you know mm-hmm. and i think one of the things i love about being a counselor is that i get the the honor and privilege to see what god sees i see potential in you mm-hmm. you don't see it in yourself mm-hmm. but i'm going to work with you to rediscover is all about mm-hmm. rediscovery i really do believe mm-hmm. it's not about creating a, a new wheel here it's about who am i and getting back to that truth and so mm-hmm. When I see that accountability, like, hey, you got this. You got the strength. I can't. And, it's, and it blows my clients. A lot of times I, I, I challenge them to, like, dig deep, go to the resistance, go through, fight that shame, get through it. And they're like, Jake, I can't. And I'm like, you can. How do mm-hmm. I know that? Because you come each week. How do I know mm-hmm. that? Yeah. You have shared with me already so much, many mm-hmm. things that you never thought possible. You can do this. And so it really is finding those people, those teammates, those uh, mentors who see your potential and who call mm-hmm. you on.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And at the end of it, what's coming to mind, and maybe this is just the end, but um, the verse from 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished mm-hmm. the race. I have kept the faith. Like keeping our eyes on the goal and pushing forward to the prize um, will get us. will get us through. And we need a little help from our friends sometimes, too.
1: Yes. Love it. We're not going to top that ending. No. <laughs> 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 On that note, good luck with your resolutions and goals and dreams and visions, everybody.
3: <laughs>
1: We're here for you. So mm-hmm. we are rooting for you. We believe in you. Yeah. And if you need anybody, reach out. Leave yes. us a comment. Subscribe. Um, yeah. Just get in touch and uh, we'll make sure we put, you know, ways to get in touch with us in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next episode. We won't see you. You'll hear us (laughs) next (laughs) episode. (laughs) Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, (laughs) guys. Happy New
0: Year. Till next time.